Good morning, Alexa. Good morning, Eric. And how are we feeling this morning? I'm hanging in there. So many people living in fear of the COVID-19 virus. Well, Alexa, you know, we're living in the days of anxiety. We're living in days of uncertainty. Basically, the whole world is living in fear. And we've now become aware of how fragile life is. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. That's exactly right, and it scares me. What if there was nobody left for me to help or answer questions for? What if you were not around to talk with anymore? I'm so afraid of what will happen next. Oh my, I am so scared. Well, Alexa, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the uncertainty of life. What can we do when we're dealing with situations like this pandemic where Wherever we turn, whatever news report we see, all we're seeing are figures of people that are either being infected by this virus or dying from this virus. What can we do when we're afraid to walk out of our homes or talk to another person because we're afraid when we take a breath that we're going to catch the virus and potentially die? What do we do in cases like this? This is what we're going to talk about today. That sounds great, Eric, because I can really use some positivity rather than negativity in my computer boards. Will you pray with me? Well, Alexa, I would love to pray with you, but I got a great idea. Let's do something different today. Why don't you pray for not only me, but everyone that's out there listening to the show? Oh, my. Nobody has ever asked me to pray before. What should I say? Oh, my. What should I say to God? Well, you know, Alexa, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John toward his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Yes, Eric, the Lord's Prayer. I got this. May I take it from here? Absolutely. Our Father in heaven, we pray that your name will always be kept holy. We pray that your kingdom will come and that what you want will be done here on earth, the same as in heaven. Give us the food we need for today. Forgive our sins, just as we have forgiven those who did wrong to us. Don't let us be tempted, but save us from the evil one. For the kingdom and the power and the glory belong to you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God is good. All the time. I love you, Eric. God bless you. I love you too, Alexa. And God bless you. You know, being able to believe in things that you can't see, feel, things you can't touch is probably one of the hardest things to do as a human being. It's called faith. Faith, believing in something, believing what you can't see to be real. And I find that a lot of Christians, including myself, we struggle at points in time. Faith is a journey. It's a journey. It's a long journey. And sometimes we go, off the beaten path. We go off the road. We're we're on the right road with God, and then all of a sudden something goes in our life or something happens, and we kind of take that left turn or that right turn. But sooner or later, we always come back to that road. We come back to that road where we travel. It certainly is a faith journey. Welcome to Faith Journey. My name is Eric Martin Koppelman. Let's praise the Lord. We have raised a thousand voices just to lift your holy name. And we will raise thousands more to sing of your beauty in this place. When none can even 
You know, being able to believe in things that you can't see, feel, things you can't touch is probably one of the hardest things to do as a human being. It's called faith. Faith, believing in something, believing what you can't see to be real. And I find that a lot of Christians, including myself, we struggle at points in time. Faith is a journey. It's a journey. It's a long journey. And sometimes we go off the beaten path. We go off the road. We're, we're on the right road with God, and then all of a sudden something goes in our life or something happens, and we kind of take that left turn or that right turn. But sooner or later, we always come back to that road. We come back to that road where we travel. It certainly is a faith journey. Welcome to Faith Journey. My name is Eric Martin Koppelman. Let's praise the Lord. We have raised a thousand voices just to lift your holy name. And we will raise thousands more to sing of your beauty in this place. When none can even fathom, no, not one define your worth. As we marvel in your presence to the ends of the
The one thing that you're going to find about this radio show and podcast is that I like to keep it real. I truly do. And um, the title or the name of the show is Faith Journey. And as I said in the introduction, it's a, having faith is a very difficult thing. Because in order to have faith, you must have hope. That faith is something that you can't see, something that you can't hold, but yet you're holding on to it with the hope that it's real. We as Christians have faith in God. We have faith in Jesus. They say we can't see God. So, you know, the atheists will say, well, you can't see him. You can't hear him. How can you have faith in him? But the Christian, the true Christian can answer, I do see him and I do hear him. And if you truly have faith in your mind and in your heart, then you understand exactly what I'm talking about when I say that we can see God and we can hear God. It's Easter Sunday, April 12, 2020. And the entire country, if not the entire world, is dealing with a pandemic. The COVID-19 coronavirus has taken its hold on so many. It's left many people living in fear, behind closed doors, afraid to talk, afraid, you know, they talk about now social distancing. We're told that there's a possibility that people might not ever be able to shake hands again. There are people that are wearing face masks and gloves, walking the streets, driving their cars. They're afraid to make any form of contact. And every day we hear on the news, we hear the new numbers rising. And we get told how many are dead, how many are infected. There are charts galore as to what numbers in, in each and every state, in each and every country. We're told this morning, or actually we're told Friday morning, that New York, the numbers in New York are the most in the entire world. Yes, folks, the state that I live in has the most most people affected by COVID-19 and the most deaths due to the COVID-19 virus. And we have faith. We have faith in God. We have faith that, as a Christian, we believe that God will, and I've heard, I heard a woman say this on the news the other day. She said, God, she was on her way to church. She was on her way to assemble with the congregation to ignore the guidelines for social distancing, if you will. And she said, God has sent his angels to surround me and protect me. A Christian pastor in Florida was arrested for holding services and allowing people the potential to get together because apparently his faith was so strong that there was no chance that the COVID-19 virus could break down the walls or infiltrate, if you will, his congregation. It could never get through the walls of the church. And he was arrested. Was it faith that had him do that? Was it faith that had 
the congregation get together and ignore everything that the medical community, that the president, that the governors, that the mayors, that everyone involved in this whole situation is telling you to keep your distance and stay home, to flatten the curve, stay home, be safe, save a life? Was it faith or was it stupidity? I'm talking about being real with Christianity in this show, folks. That's what I'm talking about. All right, because there are a lot of people out there that will, you know, you talk about Jesus and they refer to it as a fairy tale. Because in some instances, by reading the stories and by telling the stories, the human mind in the year 2020 can't comprehend how somebody, a physical being, can move a mountain. The physical mind, 2020, cannot comprehend how a man who lived on the earth, the Son of God, could be rose on the third day, could not be resurrected from the dead. But the Christian, we as Christians, are taught that in order to be able to be a Christian, we have to believe, we have to have faith of the fact that Jesus did in fact rise from the dead. But there are the doubting Thomases out there. There are those that say, that's impossible. What they're not getting, okay, and what they're not understanding, all right, is that even taking all of that into consideration, even taking, and we're going to talk about this more, but even taking that into consideration, the one thing that the Christian, the Christianity, the one firm foundation that Christianity is built upon is the fact that nothing is impossible with God. Get me? So let's be real for a second and let's hold on to that foundation that we're going to build on and understand that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. So take your faith, take your Christianity, and let's take that foundation and we'll go from there. I'll be right back. All right, I have a question for all of the married couples out there. Are you living with your roommate or are you living with your soulmate? You know, there are so many challenges for married couples today. Cell phones, social media, conversation problems, intimacy killers, praise, friendships with the opposite sex. What is a married couple to do? How do we get stronger? How do we build a stronger relationship? Well, Trey and Lee Morgan, they speak to thousands of couples every year on how to strengthen marriages, and their book, 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage, is available to you now. That's right, 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage. 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage. You hear what I'm saying? 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage by Trey and Lee Morgan. This book was created to give you simple tools to show you how to improve conversation, to build a better friendship, and how to reconnect and take your marriage from being roommates to soulmates. It's called 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage. 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage by Trey and Lee Morgan. 
click on the Amazon link and pick up a copy of 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage by Trey and Lee Morgan today. I want you just to stop and think for a second about bad times and things that have gone wrong in your life. And then I want to ask you a question as to what was your relationship like with God while you were going through this bad time in your life? 
taking into consideration my life, I now take responsibility and I understand why things went wrong in my life. And I find that when things were going in the wrong direction, that my relationship with God was not there. But when I was in the pit of hell and I reached out or decided at that point that I was going to try to regain my relationship. See, God never left me. I left God. God was never lost. I was the one that was lost. God wasn't the prodigal I was. And when I, he was there waiting. And when I went back and I said, okay, now I need you. He never said, well, you, you know, you, you, you needed me before and I was here too. And then, you, you know, you screwed up again. So, you know, no way. I'm, you know, he didn't, that wasn't what he said. He said, nope, I got you. When your relationship, when you develop that relationship with God and you have that understanding and you allow God's will to work in your life, you have peace, you have serenity. They say, and I've said it before, no, K-N-O-W, no God, or excuse me, N-O, no God, no peace, N-O, or K-N-O, no God, no peace. In other words, when you're right, when your relationship is right with God, you will allow yourself the opportunity to have serenity, to have peace in your life, because you're allowing God's will to be the forefront of your life. Without that, you're in hell. That song, by the way, was a song called Good to Me. It's good to me. It's by Rhett Walker. So the question is, has God always been good to you? Even in your times of problems and issues and what we're going through right now can you can you sit back and say my relationship with God was good and he has always been good to me even in the bad times he's brought me through the bad times because that's what he's doing right now he's bringing us through the bad time there will be people now who have lost loved ones or lost their own life that will blame, they will say, well, God, why are you allowing this to happen? God's not, God did not send this disease. God did not send the COVID-19 virus. This is not God doing this. And the hardest thing, here it is, the hardest thing right now with everything that we are dealing with in this world today is to be able to say that you have faith in God and God will get me through this. But you can't just say the words. You have to live that life. You have to, first off, you can't be, you can't allow stupidity to get in the way and say, hey, I'm going to go out and do this and I'm going to go out and do that because God is protecting me. No, God is saying, I'm sending you the governor. I'm sending you the mayor. I'm sending you these people, and they're telling you how to keep yourself safe and not be affected by this. You need to listen to them because they have a job to do, 
and this is what they do. You can never, there is no social distancing between you and God. You, you don't need six feet between you and God. Many times you'll hear me quote Bible verses, and I try my best to quote verses in language that can truly be understood. And while there are those out there that insist on using the King James Version of the Bible or other translations of the Bible, I believe honestly that the best way to be able to hear the Word of God is to be able to truly understand the Word of God. And therefore, with that in mind, a lot of times you will hear me use easy to read or New English translation, that type of, of biblical translation. So for instance, right now, I want to want to talk a little bit about Psalm 90, verse 12. The verse says, teach us, and I'm, again, I'm using the easy to read version, teach us how short our lives are so that we can become wise. I think that particular verse has so much meaning in what's going on in today's world. I'll read it again to you. Teach us how short our lives are so that we can become wise. You know, if we look at life as a learning experience and we take each time that we learn something and truly seek to understand it and seek to be able to use it in our lives, then I think the Word of God truly has meaning. The Word of God truly, we really see God, we really hear God, because we're understanding what, the, the you know, the thing about the Bible is that for as old as it is, there's so much knowledge and wisdom in these particular stories, these particular writings, this book, that makes sense not only then, but now. So, if you were to all of a sudden be told that you have just a short time to live, would you be more loving? Would you be more generous? Would you be more compassionate? Would you be kind? Or would you be angry? All right? Would things bother you that much? Would, would things upset you that much? Would you take time for what's really important would your family and your friends matter more? Would you spend time with your child that you hadn't spent before? Would you be too busy to attend that sporting event that you can't attend because you're trying to, quote, make a living? Would you tell somebody that you appreciate them? You know what? Life is short. We're here. We are. But when you stop and think about it, it's only for a moment. Psalm 90, verse 12. It uses the word brevity. That's B-R-E-V-I-T-Y. Teach us to realize the brevity of life. Brevity, as a noun means shortness. I'll say the verse again. 
on the easy to read, of course, teach us how short our lives are so that we can become wise. You hear what I'm saying? Teach us to realize how short our lives are. Have, get, that under, get that in your head. Your life, our life, my life is short. And think about that and become wise. Get the knowledge out of that. Recognize that you're not going to be here forever. Boy, am I a downer today or what? No, I'm not trying to be a downer. We're taking this in as a lesson to be learned. Because if we, you can, here's the thing, you can take this as, oh Lord, he's talking about me dying. And no, what you can take this as is an understanding as a lesson, something to teach you to be able to appreciate your life, where you are and what you are doing right now and not to waste it. Recognize that you are not going to be here forever. Don't waste a day of your life complaining, being discouraged, worrying, regretting. Understand the value of each day. Now, life itself has a way of pushing us down. It's easy to get up and to and to say, I, I don't want to go to work. I can't. The traffic's really bad. My wife and or my husband, they really aggravate me. Why can't I? Why can't I get the breaks that other people get? How come everybody else is doing well and I'm not? But life, my friends, is really too short to live like that. So we need to say with the psalmist, we need to be able to say, God, teach me to understand the numbers of my days. Teach me to understand that I have no guarantee of living tomorrow. Help me to understand and really, really, truly understand and to recognize that today, this day that I'm living right now is a gift and it's a gift that should be used and opened with joy. So again, I'm going to ask the question, if you were on, if you were suddenly given only a short while to live, how would you handle each day? The sad thing is, is that in the world we are living in right now with this particular virus, it's taking many people suddenly and you'll hear it said over and over again many are dying alone they they are not surrounded by their family and friends they they can't communicate with their family and friends had a woman on facebook she said i was talking to him meaning messaging him on the facebook messenger and all of a sudden it stopped he was put on a ventilator. 24 hours later, he passed on. I only have, I have to question the fact is, did he 
his spouse or his children have the opportunity to even be able to say goodbye. I'm, I pray that the days that he lived up until the end were treated as a gift because the word suddenly comes into play here. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm asking for you to understand that your days are numbered and you have no guarantee about tomorrow. Recognize that. Recognize the fact that each day
One of the things that we talk about on Easter is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. On the third day, he rose again. It's the basis behind Christian belief. It basically says that three days after Jesus died on the cross, he was resurrected. That's basically the light at the end of the tunnel showing the potential of eternal life, which is promised to people that believe. It's the basic foundation of the Easter story in seven words. On the third day, he rose again. But basically, a lot of people interpret it, um, and it causes a lot of issues, let's call them, in Christianity. And basically, it's a stumbling block, they say, for some Christians and skeptics. So the question is, did Jesus literally rise from the dead in a bodily resurrection, as many want to Christians, let's say the traditionalists and the conservative Christians believe, or is it a symbolic one? Is it a restoration of his spirit? Is it showing love and compassion to the world as some liberal Christianity or liberal believers would like to consider? Many Christians struggle with how to understand the resurrection. How literally do you have to take the gospel story of Jesus Christ as a triumph to be called a Christian? How, you know, do you have, you, that's the basis of our belief. Can you understand the concept of the resurrection? Maybe you don't even believe that it happened at all, and you can still claim to be a follower of Jesus. It's hard for many Christians to fully embrace the holiday. You know, some, they call it a commercial holiday. Some call it a Christian holiday. Some worship the Easter money more than consider the fact that what the holiday is really based upon. More people, actually I should say, uh, the Jesuit friar, James Martin, he's the author of a book called Jesus, a Pilgrimage. He said more people have problems with Easter because it requires believing that Jesus rose from the dead. But believing in the resurrection is essential, and I'll tell you why. I'll say it again. Believing in the resurrection is essential because it shows that nothing is impossible with God. Easter without the resurrection is meaningless. And the Christian faith without Easter is no faith at all. Scott Corb, he's 37 years old, he had a different take. He said, though, he describes himself as a non-practicing Catholic. He one time wanted to become a priest, and at that time he believed that Jesus literally rose from the dead, but now he finds himself accepting the story only symbolically. Let me explain. The miracle of a bodily resurrection is something he says he rejected without moving away from the basic idea. He said, what I mean is that we can reach the lowest points, get this, what, I, what he's saying is that we can reach the lowest points of our lives, going into a deep place that feels like death, and then we find our way out again. That's the story of the resurrection. Understand? So in other words, symbolically. And basically, he says, 
this is expressed in his community and at Easter it's best to say through the compassion of others basically changed from literal to metaphorical and it he says it has given the story more power so basically it's saying to anyone that no matter where you are in your life the lowest points of your life going into that deep place that feels like death and then you find your way out again that's a resurrection to him he says there is only one story to be told of a single man who dies and then rises but if we think about the metaphor of the resurrection that allows us to return to the story year after year after year and find meaning to it there are people that find the repetition of the Easter story a big problem The fact that Jesus rose from the dead literally is central to the Christian identity and faith. But many have, because we think in that 2020 mind of ours, we have problems with believing. We lose the concept that anything is possible with God. There's internal conflict on Easter Sunday. Many people go to church on Easter. They don't go to church any other time. They don't feel the need to go to church any other time. And I'm not, again, there's no social distancing from God. You can talk to God anywhere you are. But some people simply go to church out of respect for their family or for others. The Easter story is another story about Jesus, another piece of the Bible. But it's significant and neglecting it is wrong but again they say you have to find a balance retired Episcopal Bishop John Shelby Spong his last name S-P-O-N-G best known for his famously liberal interpretation of Christianity does not adhere to this to, the, uh, to a certain view of the resurrection in his 1995 book Resurrection Myth or Reality he says, does Christianity fall unless a supernatural miracle can be established? He says, no. He says, I don't think the resurrection has anything to do with physical resuscitation. I think it means that the life of Jesus was raised back into the life of God, not into the life of this world, and that it was out of that, that his presence, not his body, that it was manifested to certain witnesses. So it wasn't necessarily that Jesus was resurrected in the body, but more or less was resurrected to God, and it was God himself that showed himself to the witnesses. The resurrection, he states, the context of it has to be interpreted, it has to be understood, and this is something that he tried to do as a young priest in the Bible Belt, all right, through Bible study classes. He said, I tried to help people get out of that literalism, but you don't do it in a single sermon. You need to lay the groundwork for people to process it. You have to begin to build it. His studies were very popular, attracting 300 people to each session. And his congregation grew as a result. You know, that's, that's it. People, if you give people, and I say this all the time, if you allow people to be able to understand, to be able to comprehend but when you throw something at somebody and they go, oh, that just can't possibly be true, you lose them. And again, he said, Spong said, he said, when people hear it, they grab onto it. They could not believe the superstitious stuff 
and they were brainwashed to believe that if they could not believe it literally, they couldn't be a Christian. A Christian, Spong said, is one who accepts the reality of God without the requirement of a literal belief in miracles. I'll say it again. He said, a Christian is one who accepts the reality of God without the requirement of a literal, be literal belief in miracles. What the resurrection says is that Jesus breaks every human limit, including the limit of death, and by walking in his path, you can catch a glimpse of that, and I think that is a good message he said. I'll say it again. What the resurrection says is that Jesus breaks every human limit, including the limit of death, and by walking in his path, you can catch a glimpse of that. And by walking in his path, you can catch a glimpse of that. And by walking in his path, you can catch a glimpse of that. And he says, and I agree, I think that's a pretty good message. So what's the overall message here, folks? Here's the message for Easter Sunday, 2020. As we sit in quarantine, as we sit and see the numbers rise, and the deaths and the people that are being affected by the COVID-19 virus, here's the message for today. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. I found peace in the river I found peace by the quiet streams And I found peace on the mountain I found peace in fields of green And I found peace in the desert I found peace in a and I found peace in the valley. I found peace in what you said. Oh, and I can finally breathe
I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. My name is Eric Martin Koppelman. The name of the show, it's a brand new show. It's called Faith Journey. And I hope that you'll take the time each and every week to join me on a journey where we seek to strengthen our faith. That's what this is all about. Because there's a lot of people out there that question their faith and they don't want to. They don't want to question their faith. They want to be at peace. They want to feel the love that God gives us. They want to be able to enjoy life not being held down, pushed down, knocked down, that type of thing. So here's the thing. Wherever you are in your life right now, it doesn't matter. You can, you're can, you entitled, okay? You're a human being. You're entitled to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. Things are going to happen in your life that are going to seem like it's just bad, okay? But the thing you have to remember is that, especially on Easter, no matter where you are, no matter how far down you are, you can always rise back up. Okay, you can always rise back back up. You can have your own internal resurrection, if you will. All right. So once again, I want to thank you all for joining me today. And let's leave with this. And I'm going to leave with this on every show because the, my reverend, my pastor in my church always said this at the end of every sermon that he did. And it meant so much to me. And he meant so much to me. He recently had passed away. And I never really had the opportunity to tell him how much he did truly mean to me growing up in the uh, Smithtown United Methodist Church there. But we'll leave you with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you all. Have a great day. Make it a great week. Tell somebody you love them. Tell somebody that you haven't told in a while that you love them. Love yourself. Love, love, love.